We're gonna talk about the ABCs of it, right up to the XYZs of it, the hardships and sometimes the E's of it. Dot the I's and cross the T's of it. Welcome to Alphabet My Life with me, John Courtney, and my wife, Emma. Hello and welcome to episode five of Alphabet My Life. We are at the letter F. And F. after last week's... Last week's, well, we didn't know what F was going to be. It was going to be food, but we sort of covered that with eating. So we have gone with, after a few people have given me some recommendations and some suggestions from listeners, listener, uh, fame and... (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. That was really loud. Um, Fame and family, sort of hand in hand. I was going to start a YouTube channel last year called Fame and Family with the idea of getting some famous people on with a member of their family because I think it's interesting how family members perceive somebody who's famous and i'm talking about proper famous you know your your amanda holdens your your simon cowles those sort of people which obviously i'm not even in the vicinity of i mean i've had my little flash in the pan of fame immediately after bgt because you know there was a certain level of fame not on, not on a pop star level yeah so i was chatting to robbie williams when i was 18 and he was 17 at the height of take that um Long story, but his dad was a very good friend of mine. I was working with his dad, and Rob used to come down and visit his dad. And he told me some stories about being pop star famous, and it really put me off wanting to be famous. But that's another level of fame. Did pop- you want to be famous then? Yeah. Yeah, when I was younger. I think if you're in show business, you, you, you measure your success on being famous, don't you? Being recognised, which is ridiculous because that's not how it works. There are millions of people in show business that you've people have never heard of because they're not famous, because they're not on TV, basically. Yeah, yeah. And of course, nowadays, you've got your people being famous for the sake of being famous, which didn't used to exist. I remember kids years ago saying, you know, what do you want to be when you're older? And they'd say, I want to be famous. They'd say, I want to be a famous singer. I want to be a famous rock star. I want to be a famous. um, But now it's just I want to be famous. Which you can be. You can go on a reality show. You can do a a Big Brother or a, a... Towie or a, one of those. I don't watch <laughs> anywhere's Chelsea, anywhere's Essex, all that sort he of stuff. He does, he does watch them. Only by default because you've got them on <laughs> in the background. And you can be famous for being famous, which I don't know. I'm, I'm not a fan. But it is interesting how it how it affects you. And Because fame is a, is a purely manufactured thing. It, it shouldn't be something you strive for. And I also, I haven't met many famous people who have said that they're particularly happy with fame with what comes I mean the the money is lovely because that's a security I guess and people being nice to you is always nice yeah and I think at the beginning it's really exciting you know people stopping you and asking for an autograph or a picture or whatever yeah but then after a bit it gets a little bit crazy and you just can't go anywhere you can't do anything normal no I remember um Darren Brown was talking about it not to me in person but he was talking about it in an interview and uh, he was talking to Stephen Fry, actually. And that was interesting because they're, they're very famous, very recognisable. And they said they're very nice. They're very nice people. They want to be polite and kind to everybody. But he said the problem is if you're walking down a street and somebody stops to get a selfie, it's not autographs nowadays, it's selfies, isn't it? First of all, they're never ready. They've never got their phone ready to do a selfie move along. It's, oh, my God, hi. And they have a quick chat. And they all oh, can I have a selfie. Then they get their phone out. Then they've got to find the camera. And while that's happening... Five, six, seven other people are seeing what's going on. They're recognising that person. And then there's a queue of people wanting pictures. Mm. This hasn't happened to me. I've not been, I've not had that level of fame. You've had a queue of people asking for pictures. After a show, it doesn't count. It does count. No, I mean on the street. I mean when you're shopping. I think you had up to three or four people in Tesco once. That was in the spa. Was in the spa? spa? Yeah. But no, generally, um, I'm not at that level of fame, which I'm quite quite happy about. And I thought, yeah, that's that's a a thing, you know. And also, 
not being able to go out. You look at your like people like Robbie and Ed Sheeran and pop star famous. They can't they can't go to their pub. They can't just walk into their local pub and have a have a pint unmolested. Unmolested. <laughs> I'd love to be molested. Rob told me about being chased down Oxford Street once. He was on, he had a baseball cap and glasses on. Um, and he was walking down Oxford Street and some girl saw him and recognised him and shouted, Robbie, Robbie, and ran across the road. And he started running and he ended up getting chased and he hid in Ann Summers. I was like, that couldn't, Ann Summers or Vic, Victoria's Secrets? One of those shops, like a lady's underwear shop or something. I was like, really? Was that the best place to hide? Um, but they didn't see him go in, so he got away with it. But And he was telling me when I was 18, I was like, oh my God, I'd love to be chased down the street by a bunch of women. He said, you don't understand. If they if they got me, they would have tried to rip my clothes, tear my hair, because they literally wanted a piece of him. I mean, that's a whole nother level of craziness and a level of fame. Yeah, I was one of those girls. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Yeah, so I, I'm, I'm quite happy. My little experience of fame was actually really lovely. Everybody was nice. I didn't really meet any weirdos. Did, I can't think I actually met any weirdos. Well, I met a few weirdos, but nobody who was mean. <laughs> no, Nobody being horrible. Oh, yeah, lots of weirdos. Quite a few but, weirdos, but, yeah, no, but no nobody being nasty. horrible to me. No, no one was horrible. No. And that's, that's, quite a, that's quite a nice... And of course, nowadays with social media, it's so easy for people to be nasty and faceless. You know, you didn't have that 20 years ago. People can just say what they want on normally Twitter because that's the most vitriolic of all the social media sites. Vitriolic. Vitriolic, is that a good word? And they warned us on BGT. They said, you know, that you're going to... They re recommended that we didn't read the comments on social media. says because there's going to be a lot of weirdos and people trolling and writing horrible stuff. So I was sort of ready for it, but it didn't happen. I, 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 unless, people, unless you were hiding it from me, unless you were frantically going through my social media, deleting <laughs> all the really horrible stuff. No, there was a few idiots who obviously had, you know, their favourite in BGT that they wanted to win. So they were just yeah, saying, but that was you know, just such a body should have won, whatever. Yeah, that was, like, that was yeah. just opinion. That's fine. I'd right. rather that people going like, you were shit. Why the hell did you win? There but, was a but literally... Um, the, you know, Al, Nathan had loads of weirdos. Nathan had loads. I mean, and Nathan, bless him. So he ran up on the stage, obviously. And, he, and, and uh, you know, there's quite a few people that were going, oh, um, you know, why is his son on the stage? He's stealing his thunder and whatever. So for starters, he was asked to go up on the stage. And secondly, what, why is that stealing his thunder? It's his son. So then afterwards, like a week or two afterwards, Nathan started getting like, messages on instagram you know like chatting him up and stuff and they were like old men oh yeah older guys and and nathan had just literally messaged them and say you know i'm 14 please leave me alone you know and that was that was kind of scary and that was just for some for a 14 year old who just went up on stage to see his dad on bgt your face is on tv for a split second and then that's what you get afterwards mm. it's ridiculous when that there's, I mean, I, I love, I love listening to audiobooks in the car, for autobiographies of famous people, and I've listened to a lot now, probably twenty or thirty, I guess. And at one point, most of them talk about fame and the side effects of fame and how it makes them feel. And generally, it's all quite a, a negative thing because if you, if you're an entertainer, you're probably, you, you're probably a bit insecure. You know, you, we, we all get up on stage and try and what we want people to love us and and we're obviously doing that because we weren't hugged enough as a child <laughs> hugged enough as a child <laughs> i don't know why it's a it is a weird job isn't it i mean for most people standing up in public is the number one fear worse than dying 
But for people like me and you, you used to get up on stage and perform and you still you can still do it naturally yeah, and enjoy it. Yeah, I can it. just get up and, yeah. But that's weird because most people can't. So I think if you've got that gene or that... that I mean, I do get... And like, even, you know, a, a funeral, I got up and spoke at my nan's funeral. Yeah, funerals are different. So nervous. But then yeah. you, you just get up there and you just... I really un- underestimated my dad's funeral i was just like yeah I get, I get up in public and talk all the time this will be a dot and i wrote what i thought was a nice eulogy for my dad and then lost it when i got up there because it's it's completely different to being on stage completely different i mean it's, the emotion and the yeah i fell to pieces basically so no funerals don't count but in general people that want to get up on stage and entertain i think are a little bit strange because it's not and i, I include myself in that because it's not normal most people a scared shitless of it it's like a rush like some people love like roller coasters and, and crazy rides and stuff and you get like a, a rush of adrenaline it's yeah. the same you know just before and while you're doing it and then as you come off you get this rush of adrenaline it's a mixture of nerves and like and it's just it's the weirdest feeling i think it's why a lot of entertainers end up doing drugs because they're always chasing that yeah fix yeah. aren't they when you come off stage and it's this huge anticlimax and yeah it's like a big downer yeah I kind of miss that buzz. I used to have that buzz. I haven't had it for years. I was ch- chatting to our friend Petrina about it. Petrina Johnson is a wonderful singer and performer. Years ago, we were doing a cruise together and um, she'd come off stage and she'd be bouncing off the walls, like proper buzzing and yay. And, and I remember saying to her, God, I used to I used to feel like that when I came off stage. And now I can come off stage and go and have a, go and have a pint and go to bed or, you know, just watch a movie or something. But then, you know, it's probably not the same if you're doing the big gigs when you've got your... Yeah, your stadium gigs that your Robbies and Ned Sheerans are doing and stuff. Oh, that's crazy. Imagine how that'd feel. I know. Yeah, I'll never get to experience it. Although, I'm going to be at Sandringham for Robbie's gig. I won't be on the same stage, but I'll be performing with Rob at Sandringham in August. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I'm going to be performing in the VIP area for Robbie's concert at Sandringham. It's funny, you met Robbie and had a little chat with him and everything, and um, you know his dad really well. You met Robbie, like, just as he started with Take That. He was, like, 16, and you've never seen him since. No. And it's like, <laughs> remember me? <laughs> well, I've already I've already thought, actually, when I've seen him, I'd be like, so, what have you been up to? Yes, yeah, so we've got Van Morrison on Friday, Robbie on Saturday and Sunday, and then The Who with the Royal Philharmonic Orchestra on the Monday. And I'm going to be performing for the vips it's going to be a lot of fun but so yeah what i was saying that the whole thing on social media could can be quite nasty and i don't but even before social media i what there was a time when i was younger i wanted to be famous and then i'll be honest it was when nathan was born it was when or when when you got pregnant with nath and all my priorities shifted and i thought because i was working a lot on the cruise ships and i was i was aware while i was on the ships that i was missing out on getting a name for myself in the uk and but you know getting recognized or getting seen by a producer of a tv show or doing the comedy circuit and tr- Ooh, get, get, getting a break bald head he'd fit this role really well yeah and i realized that while i was out the country so much that wasn't going to happen and that was always bugging me in the back of my mind i'm like i'm I'm never going to get on telly i'm never going to get my tv show i'm never going to get famous while i'm doing the ships but i'm earning decent money and, and I'm- to be honest you've done a couple of tv shows now and what a bloody crazy situation to be in it's absolute opposite of just getting up on a stage. You've got everything to think about while you're there. What to say, where to look, and it's just... It's it's a very different experience. Yeah. yeah. Saturday Night Takeaway, when you did that, that was just crazy, wasn't it? Yeah. 
I'm very much out of my comfort zone. I mean, it's not. I've, I'm I'm used to walking out on stage with my own show with a live audience and doing a show. And when you're part of something like Saturday Night Takeaway, it's just a juggernaut. It's it's producers and directors and executive producers and then the talent on the stage and then the guest stars and the rehearsals and the camera angles and the scripts and the it's a very different experience um i did come home for that and say i don't want to be on telly didn't I? yeah you did you did <laughs> i was so stressed don't want to do that i don't, don't want to do that for a living um but then you know ant and deck have been doing it for 20 years so it was I, i've had very limited television experience really so I, I guess it's like anything else you probably do get used to it and also ant and deck are in charge i was very much a guest act doing what i was told mm. straight after bgt if we're going to talk about a couple of famous experiences or experiences with fame and this is on a tiny level as i say this is just this was just right this, yeah it was it was it was lovely it was really nice i mean in my local village everybody sort of knew me i'd walk into the post office and all of that what that was quite funny because i was i was born in the south of england um i was actually born in weymouth on the south coast but then i grew up in the southeast um in ipswich and uh, one of the local papers in Ipswich did quite a few articles on me for my audition, following me through to the semis and the finals. And it was always local boy, local boy from Ipswich, blah, 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 is, is doing this and doing that. And then a few local papers here in, our, in, in our village were saying, <laughs> and then, of course, when I won, that was, you know, we're so proud of our local boy. And both places were saying, which was very sweet. It was very nice. Are you taking selfies of yourself during the podcast? No, we're taking a picture of the dogs. They're so cute. So the dog, as <sighs> soon as we start, when we come in the studio to do the podcast, both the dogs have got to be here and they've got to be sat next to me. Yeah, if you're lucky, you'll hear them snoring. So in a minute. funny. They, they can't be left out. They need to be here while we do the podcast. Sorry, go on. I wouldn't be good as a very famous person because I don't, I've got, this is a medical thing about not recognising faces. I forgot what it's called. <laughs> no, it is. You no, think I'm just, just, you. You're just no, a bit fake. no, you think I'm, I'm like, darling, that's my mum. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that bad. But there is a medical thing. That's about, your son. Stop it. When you don't recognise faces, I'm going to, can you Google that while we're talking about it? Because you did it with myopath, myopathy okay. the other day. But there is a medical condition where, and I'm, I mean, this has happened to me a few times before, I was on telly and uh, one memorable one was a, a, a older guy. I'd just done a show and um, I'd been selling my CDs at the time. This is about six or seven years ago. Selling my CDs after the show and I came back into the theatre and this older guy was walking towards me and he said, Hey, John, really loved the show. Could I get one of your CDs? And I said, Yeah, of course you could. I said, um, did, did, you, you, did you enjoy it? And he said, Yeah. I said, where were you sat? Just for something to say. And he said, I was sat in the band. I just played trumpet for your whole show. <laughs> Oopsie. And there's no getting out of that. But bearing in mind, he had a trumpet in front of his face for most of it. What's so it called? So it's called prosop, uh, prosopagnosia. Sounds, sounds medical, definitely. Prosopagnosia. Um, and it is also known as face blindness yeah, or facial agnosia. It's, it's a, a neurological disorder characterised by the inability to recognise faces. Thank you. So it's definitely a thing. and I've It is a thing, but... No, I've definitely got it. No, well... I've definitely got it. Face blindness. Yeah. It's, it's, um, I mean, literally, so that guy had been playing trumpet because I'd had a rehearsal in the afternoon for the show and then he'd done... I think we'd done two shows for two seatings for the show. Um, and then I was stood a metre away from him and I didn't recognise him. And then, so after BGT, a lot of people were coming up and chatting to me. 
chatting to me. And saying, hey, John, and then chatting. Uh, random people just talking to you. Random like, people as if they knew you. me. And it would happen in our village. So in our, we were in our local pub, weren't we, a few days after, a few days after the show. We were having lunch. And this guy came up to me and stopped at our table in the in the beer garden and started chatting to me and said, hey, John, well done on the show. And I said, oh, thank you very much. He said, oh, it's really good to see you. I said, oh, that's really kind of you. And we chatted for a few minutes and then he walked off. And you leaned over to me and said, you didn't recognise him, did you? And I said, no, do I know him? He said, yes, that's my mum's ex-boyfriend. <laughs> or your mum had dated him or something and he's a, he lives in the village. A really good family friend, actually. Really Martin. good family friend, Martin, yeah. yeah. That, and I said, oh my God, no, I, I, I thought he was just being being friendly, you know, being somebody that lives in the village and coming up and talking to me. I, I, I had face blindness, I didn't recognise him. And then I, we carried on eating, drinking my pint. And then a couple of minutes later, another couple came up to the table I said, hiya, John, how are you doing? And I went, hey, how are you? Good to see you. I've seen you for ages. <laughs> really friendly. I had a chat for a couple of minutes. They walked away and you leaned over and said, now them, you don't know. <laughs> <laughs> they were just strangers. So I would be useless. I'd, just, I'd have to assume that everybody was either a stranger or a friend and just go with it and fake, try and, try and fake now, it. Now somebody comes up to me, looks at me and I kind of say yes or no. No, you don't. <laughs> no, you do know them. No, you don't. I need, I need that person that the Queen had behind her whenever she went backstage after the Royal Variety. She, the 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 well, Giles Cooper does it now. Um, the chairman of the Royal Variety Charity stands behind her and just says who it is, <laughs> even if they're hugely famous. You know, just in social. So this is uh, this is Eric Clapton, Your Majesty. He's a guitar player. Yeah, well done, Eric. You're very nice. Well done. <laughs> this but is Phil Collins. He's a pop star. Hello. Yeah, I presume Charles has got one as well. I mean, Giles will do it for Charles. Giles will do it for Charles. Um, so I need that. I need, and you could be that person. And the other one was when I was waiting at the lights at the post office and um, a guy came out of the post office and started waving at me. And I, I, it was in the summer, I had the windows down and he's just waving at me. And I I looked through my car on the other side of the road to see who he was waving <laughs> like, at. I don't know who he's waving at. And just then the lights changed and I drove off and he was still waving as I drove off because I hadn't waved back. And I went, oh crap, he's waving at me. So I sort of waved out the windows, I drove off and I, I'm, I'm just not, I'm not, I'm not good with that. So fame, fame affects family. That's what I want to talk about because I see it from my point of view, as I say, in a very mild way compared to pop stars and TV stars. Um, but I am interested how it affects the families, which is why I wanted to do this sort of fame and family thing with, with really famous people. Um, I might still do it. I, I mentioned it to a, a producer and he said that that could work as a TV show. I was like, yes, it could. So yes, it could. Watch this space. Um but Rowie had a fun time, didn't she? Rowena, my sister-in-law. Yeah. So Ro f um, famously fainted when she heard that he'd won BGT. And uh, Granada Reports did a report on it <laughs> and showed the video clip of her fainting. And um, so she got stopped in Tesco. Somebody came up to her and, and recognised her from Granada Reports and the fact that it was... Her that fainted when her brother-in-law was announced the winner of BGT, which was quite funny. I got, I think at once somebody came up to me and said, are you John Courtney's wife? And that was that. <laughs> but Alfie is um, is still quite famous at his school. <laughs> it's quite funny. He'll, you know, people will be, they'll look at him and they'll go, that's, that's John Courtney's son. You see, I was, which is quite cute. I was worried about that because that would be an easy target for bullying. I mean, if well, yeah, there the has been some nastiness as well. Obviously, a um, little bit of jealousy going. Bit on of jealousy, yeah. It's just a bit of jealousy, really. 
Um, you're the one who cried in the audience and like, oh, whatevs. You know what I mean? Well, he he kind of just shrugs it off. Kids will find any reason to pick on someone. It yeah, just happens that he's, he's got quite a public... A public, you know, a lot of people know about it, so it's like. Yeah. But he's, but he's yeah. had a, he's had a lot of nice people coming up and going. Is it true your dad won Britain's Got Talent? Yeah. And he actually deals with it really well, from what he tells us. Like he, yeah. he's never he's never boasted about it. He's never been that kid that says, "Oh, no, oh no, my no, dad won." He has boasted. I mean, he'll be playing on his VR and he'll be in oh, like um, a gaming room, and I'll hear him sometimes, and he'll go, "So, do, do you watch Britain's Got Talent?" And and then he'll say, "Well, in 2020, my dad won it." And you can, you can... And there's a pause. There's a pause. And then he'll go... Yes, he no, did. No, he did. He did. He's, he's the bald, the wild one who plays the piano. <laughs> and then sometimes if I'm at home, I'll hear, Dad! Dad, can you come and tell my friend that it was you that won Britain's Got Talent and that I, you are my dad? <laughs> I have to go out and speak on the VR. That was, that was cute. But he hasn't done that for a while. But I, I, don't, I don't think he does that at school. He's never... Even he did wh- that a couple of days ago. He had him on the VR. Okay, good. So he is still doing it. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> Oh, I'm 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 chuffed that he's still proud he's of really, it. He really is really proud. Because they're also quite blasé about it. I mean, I think I don't know either, either that or they just hide it well so that I I don't get a big head. But like, if I do anything with anybody, sort of. Although Nath was very impressed when I hung out with Brian May a while back. Yeah, yeah, very impressed. Uh, he was more impressed with that than anything I've done or achieved. He was like, I didn't know he was particularly into Queen, but of course his his mate Reese, who's a huge Brian May fan. And so Nathan is sort of by default and he, he does listen to Queen. And I got back from this thing in London and I'd, I'd met Brian. I'd actually had a wee next to Brian May. It was quite funny. <laughs> I what, walked, was, what was the funny bit? Well, because <laughs> I, 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 walked, I walked into the sort of the, the cocktail drinks bar area for this, this party thing. And Brian, who's about six foot five or six foot six with this huge mane of grey hair is instantly recognisable surrounded by people just you know and it's all sort of it's all people in the business that are at this do it's, it's no sort of just general public it's um there's a few celebs there and stuff and uh, and he was just surrounded by people wanting to talk to him so I thought oh well, I hope I get to say hi to him later um, I'm not going to join this mass of fans now and I nipped into the toilet and I had a wee and while I was stood there peeing um, he came and stood next to me and he peed as well um, and Ooh, as, did you smell his wee? Oh, stop it! Oh no, that's just disgusting. Any um, any any men listening will know that you're not allowed to speak to another man when you're standing at a urinal, so or it doesn't feel comfortable because you know you've got your willies in your hand and it's just weird to talk. So, but I'm standing next to Brian May. It's just me and him. I'm like, this happened as well with Colin Firth in Venice, just, <laughs> the Venice Film Festival. I stood next to Colin Firth having a wee. Um, so. It, I, I finished weeing first and went to the sink and I thought I'll, I'll just linger a bit longer than usual to wash my hands so he comes over so I, I did get sort of and I said uh, I said did you actually really need a wee or did you just dunk in here to, to get away from that, that mass of people he said well a bit of both <laughs> so we, we, we had a chat in the toilet um, I actually met him when I was at school he came and played a celebrity cricket match when I was 17 at, at boarding school him and a bunch of uh, big 1980s celebs came and played uh, cricket with us which was really cool Mel Smith, um, Hugh Laurie, who else was there at the time? Uh, the Impressionist, Rory Bremner, it's a whole bunch of people. Nita Dobson, who of course married to Brian May. Anyway, so I, well, I had a chat with him about that and um, he didn't pretend to remember me. I mean, we we're talking 30 years ago. Uh, so we had a lovely chat and then I did the did the ball thing and everything and, and had another chat with him and blah, blah, blah. And then got you home. what thing? The, the ball. ball. It was a ball. It was a charity ball. Oh, okay. The ball thing. 
Are you imagining me still having a wee next to him doing the ball thing? I don't know what was going through my head then. <laughs> like that's something that men do. Yeah, when we're standing at you, Arnold, we always do the ball thing. You just cup <laughs> well, each other's Well, I don't balls. know. You can it's tell a, me anything. I don't know what goes on. It's a ball thing. A, all men know about it. Um, yeah, no, I did the charity ball and then I got home. And I didn't even, it just, Nathan sort of said, oh, where have you been for the weekend sort of thing? And I was like, oh, I was doing this charity ball. And he sort of said, oh, yeah, anybody famous? And I went, yeah, there's a few there. I said, uh, Jeffrey Holland was there from Heidi High. That was very cool because I grew up watching Heidi High. So I had a lovely chat with Jeffrey Holland. Um, I said, Brian May was there. And Nathan went, what? I said, yeah, Brian May from Queen. He said, I know Brian May is. You were hanging out with Brian May. I said, well, yeah, I, I chatted to him and I had a wee next to him. Oh, my. And he was so starstruck that I'd met Brian May. Oh, Nathan was so cute when we did the BGT Christmas show. And I'm just stood there chatting away to Amanda. Amanda is so down to earth, such a lovely, lovely woman. And um, Nathan stood behind me and, uh, and <laughs> he, was, he was actually physically shaking. Yeah. And I said, you all right, baby? He went, yeah, 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 I'm fine. You, you just stood there chatting like normal to like this amazing, massive superstar. And Amanda went, oh, piss off. I'm not a superstar. <laughs> it's just me. I can't, Im- I mean, well, I can't imagine what it'd be like if, like, if you met, like, somebody... That... You, met, you met that YouTuber, didn't you? He was quite excited about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, that that's YouTuber. just a YouTuber, like, but... But that's, a, that's a big celeb. To him. To him, to you know, him and Alfie. I mean, they they worship so bloody funny. YouTubers. Ridiculous. I mean, I mean for even them, when they met, like, you know, Anton Dett and Simon Cowell and everything, it was just such an amazing day for them. They'll never forget that. It's something that they will never forget. Yeah, my friend Jamie actually said that to me on on the back, quite soon after I won. He, he said, you know, that nobody can ever take this away from you. He says this is something that your kids have got for the rest of their lives. I, yeah, I hadn't really thought of it like that. He was, um, you know, you say literally a lot I, I as well as bollocks, bollocks and literally, literally bollocks. I haven't said bollocks once. No, you haven't because we're not ta- we're not talking about religion. I remember um, you and the boys bugging me that because when you when you do the auditions some some of the family are in the wings with Ant and Deck and some of the family are sat in the audience so before the audition you and you and the boys were going go and speak to somebody and ask them that we so we can stand in the wings so we can meet Ant and Deck and I said I haven't got any say in that I, I don't get... and then they came up to you and said oh we're going to put you in the audience and then they put the mics on you oh, uh, and I remember oh. I remember the boys were so disappointed because they wouldn't get to meet Ant and Deck yeah. and then 10 minutes later we're all on stage together, hugging Ant and Deck, and they were so happy. Oh, it was just amazing. It really was. See, Ant and Deck, I mean, they're about as famous as you can be in this in this country, unless you're my cancer consultant who's never heard of them. Um, you know, you, you, it's it's mad. They they can't just... Well, they can. They... I mean, I saw Deck at the airport once, just walking around. He had a baseball cap on. Yeah, I suppose baseball cap and glasses. And you I get, suppose and hope people you don't get recognized. look and they'll think, is that him? Yeah. I, just... I have I have had that. I've had the whispering thing, which is a bit disconcerting. Oh, the whispered thing. And how many times have we been out for a meal and the pe- table, the person on the table next to us have been just sat, ran- <laughs> just Googling you. Googling me. And That's you can been see really the weird. phone and they're Googling you. <laughs> and they did it behind you. To see you. if it is you. I know. Yeah, that guy in, in, the, in our local Italian did it, but he was behind you. So I could see he had his back to you. And you were facing me, so I could see his phone. Yeah. But he was so close to you, it was like just inches away from you on the yeah. next table. And people talking about you and you're there right next to them as if you like you you can't hear them. But well, you can. You see, this my, my friends that work on the ships will I've I've had this for years because when you perform on a cruise ship, say there's two thousand, three thousand people on the ship, when you've done a show, you're famous on that ship. 
I mean, you you know, 2,000 people know who you are and you're stuck on the ship, which is why a lot of entertainers are, are put off doing ships, to be honest, because you are, you're in this confined space with your audience for a number of days. Yeah. I imagine if, if, you're, if you've got a show that's a bit shit, that's not a good place to be. <laughs> if you do a show... It's a good you, job you haven't got if, a shit if you show. Do, if, you do a sh- if you do a comedy show and nobody laughs and then you know you've got three days walking around... This basically, basically, you're a very big fish in a very small pond on a cruise ship. So you've done a show, and then two thousand people know who you are. So I'd get in a lift all the time, like the next day or that night, or whatever. A little tiny lift, six foot by six foot, and I'd get in. And I had a habit of sort of face turning around and then facing the door anyway, because it's weird if you get in and face everybody. Six foot by six foot. That's quite a big lift, that big. Not really. It's a normal size lift. Six I'd foot by four foot, four maybe. Foot by four anyway, foot. I'm in a lift, and then you hear, <laughs> "That's the guy from last night." that's the guy that did the show. I think that's John. And I just turn around and say, hi, I can hear you. How you doing? And even in my show after a while, I'd say, listen, tomorrow, if you get in a lift and I'm in the lift with you, just say hello. Don't whisper because I can hear you. And it's weird. <laughs> it's weird. And a, a really good friend of mine um, <laughs> does a, I won't say who he is because I don't want to embarrass him, but he does a brilliant thing in his show and I can't believe he says it. He's a singer. He's done a lot of shows in the West End, um, played the Phantom of the Opera and that kind of stuff. And he gets to the end of his show and he says, uh, if you see me around the ship over the next few days before I have to leave, um, please come up and say hello. I'd love to chat to you if you see me around the pool or if I'm if I'm in the bar and I'm having a drink. By all means, come up and chat to me unless I'm eating. If I've got a mouthful of food, don't speak to me. And then I waited for the punchline and there wasn't one. He just said that. He said, if I'm having food, leave me alone. Which That's is what so we... funny you said that because when I was a blue coat um, at Blackpool Pontins, and it's the same, similar sort of thing. If you're a blue coat and you work in, in a holiday centre... You're famous. You are famous. Especially to the kids. And it was drummed into us. Even when we're not in uniform, we're on duty. You can't just, you know, just ignore people. If, you, if you're if on your day off, you've got to still carry on saying hi to everyone and stuff. Yeah. And one of my things was when... Because I work with the kids and... Um, one of my things was if I sat having my dinner and you come up and talk to me, I don't want to know. And obviously it was all the kids that, that came up to speak to me and love me and everything. Mm. So I'll never forget. I was sat having my dinner and my friend Lisa, Scottish Lisa was sat with me and this kid came up and went, Auntie Spam, Auntie Spam. That was my nickname, Auntie Spam. Because there was more meat in a tin of Spam than there was on you. Yeah, that was the that was yeah. And she'll, she's, she's never forgot it to this day. And I just went, with a smile on her face, I went, go away. <laughs> and Lisa was like, oh my God, you can't, you say, can't that. say that. And this kid sat there and he took one of the chips off my plate. And I went, <gasps> that is disgusting behavior. I said, leave me alone. I'm having my dinner. I'll see you later. And this kid got up and walked away. And Lisa was absolutely mortified. She said, you can't speak to the kids. I said, I don't care. I'm having my dinner. No, so I was actually exactly the same. But yeah, you, you literally couldn't go or do anything while you were there at Pontins. If you were a blue coat, you were famous. That was it. And we had um, we had photographs of all the blue coats. And we'd, we, we'd get given like 10 photographs each at the beginning of the week. And we had to sell all these photographs. Um, the kids would buy the picture and then they'd go around to all the different blue coats and get them to sign the back of the pictures. And there was so many kids that came up to me with the picture. And, and they'd say, and I'd say, and I'd take the picture and I'd go, oh, I've already signed this. And they'd say, they'd give me a pen and they'd say, no, my dad wants your Shelley number. 
<laughs> they send the kids for that. Yeah, absolutely disgusting behaviour. Yeah, anyway, but, but how many dads did you shag? I didn't, I didn't shag any dads. That was just don't be rude. <laughs> There is a there is a thing about when you're when you're famous that people even even you know, on a small they scale they think they own you. They and think you can they th- say and do what they want. Do you know that's exactly what I've written down here. I don't. I th- think they own you. you yeah. Just say, yeah. And, it, and and they think they know everything about you, but they really don't. And it's don't get me wrong. It's lovely when people want to come up and say hi. I mean, I've always said, you know, if it, even if it was just on the on the ships and people come up and say, oh, you must be fed up with people coming up and talking to you. And I'd be like, well, oh, no, not phone, if you. I'm gonna make my phones ringing. Oh, hang on. It's Ro. Hang on. Okay. Well, we're just doing a podcast, you all right? Oh, yeah, yeah. I was just thinking, see what you're up to. Yeah, they do. They, they, think, they think they own you. And I, they'll come up to me and say, you must be bored with people coming up and talking to you. I said, no, so long as you're saying nice things. I mean, why would anybody be bored with that? People coming up and saying, we loved your show. You were fantastic. You made us laugh. It must be horrible. I know I've got a friend on, on Emmerdale, which you know, obviously, Dean Andrews, who's a, a, a good mate of mine. And he's, uh, who does he play on Emmerdale? You can tell I don't watch it. Mr. Tate. Mr. Tate. So he's married to um, Kim Tate, who lives in the big house. He's just, they've just got married. He go. came into it as a as a bit of a baddie, a bit of a bad boy, but he's actually, he's all right now. He's got better. See, he told me when he first went into it, because um, he's he's done films and TV for years. He's done some really good stuff. Um, and occasionally he'd be recognised. He did um, Life on Mars. He was one oh. of the detectives in Life on Mars. Anyway, so he's always sort of been in the public eye. But he said when he got the Emmerdale part, it was another level. And because he went in as a baddie, people on the street would be yelling abuse at him because they think that they, I mean, soaps are different, aren't they? Because you, you don't sort of differentiate from the, from the, um, from the character and the actor and stuff. But yeah, he had, he got some real abuse from people. I remember being in a restaurant. This is again, before BGT, I was on a, I was on a ship and I was just sat there having dinner on my own. I used to take a book up with me so I could read the book while I was eating. And I, disinfected my hands this is pre-covid as well but you still washed and disinfected your hands before you went in to eat especially on a ship mm. with kids and old people and i'm sat there eating and I've, I've got my book and this guy comes over and holds out his hand to shake my hand and i managed to say oh I've, I've just i've actually just washed my hands he went oh okay and then pulled out the chair opposite me and sat down i thought now this is that's who does that you wouldn't do that with anybody else you wouldn't just assume that you could join somebody at dinner without asking them or and that just comes from being on stage basically it's 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 very strange and also i also think that the not being stupidly famous you don't have to worry too much about the kids i mean we've talked a bit about nathan being texted on, I mean, on instagram this, and stuff but i mean like for example robbie williams he doesn't let any of his kids be shown on social media Nobody no knows what jason manford's like. the same he always yeah. covers his kids face up um yeah. nobody's seen ed, she- ed sheeran's got two daughters now hasn't he and i think that's the that's the way to do it and if you can keep an, an element of of privacy it's got to be tough though isn't it when you're that level famous when you're yeah. pop star famous there's got to be and as I say, you know, obviously the, the financial security is great and the people being nice to you is lovely. But when it goes to that next level of people getting obsessed and yeah, people getting really a bit freaky with you, obsessed, yeah. I wouldn't want that. We're going to have to stop because Em needs a wee. She used to have her tea. So thanks for listening. This is episode five of Alphabet My Life. Uh, episode six will be out next Saturday, the letter G, which I'm not going to tell you what it is, mainly because... We don't know. We will think of the letter G between now and next Saturday. We hope you can join us. Uh, If you haven't left a review for the podcast, please do if you can, wherever you're listening to this. It does help us get on the podcast charts 
and get more people to listen to us. That'd be fantastic. But thank you for listening. This has been John. And Emma. And this is Alphabet My Life. Take care. This has been an episode of Alphabet My Life with John Courtney and Emma Young. Don't forget to subscribe and please leave a review. Thanks for listening.